Coming up on this week's episode of Destination Linux, we're covering community feedback, why everyone should be using Ubuntu Studio, and KDE 5.19 has been released. We got the pre-orders for the Pine tab. We're also going to cover some Linux gaming, tips and tricks, and so much more. All this is all coming up right now on Destination Linux. Cue music, fancy scene graphics, and we retransition back into the show. All right, go. Welcome to episode 178 of Destination Linux. This is a podcast about sharing our passion for Linux and open source. Destination Linux is a show for all experience levels, so whether you're a beginner to Linux or a master suitor, welcome to the show. My name is Michael, and with me today are the most famous TikTok superstars in the world, Noah and Ryan. So let's What's find... TikTok? <laughs> what? He doesn't include himself in that. That's great. Uh, yeah, I'm not... A, I'm No. Uh, let's find out superstar. what... Sure. I actually do have a TikTok account, but that's not important to this of topic. Of course you do. We know. Of course. Who doesn't? You probably don't. Let's find out what's what everyone's been up to this week. So, Ryan, what have you been up to? It's all about the Python. Everything's Python, Python, Python. But here's the situation that happened to me recently and why I love our community. So I had an assignment in one of the classes. I'm taking a Python course from Michigan State. And I figured out how to solve it by stealing some other people's code online. But it was bugging me for this particular exercise of why something was working that in everything I'd been trained at that point didn't make any sense at all. So right before the show, actually, I reached out into our destination Linux chat. I had Farron, the dev for Farron OS, reach out to me when I asked. I said, hey, I've got this problem. I don't understand why this code is working. Can somebody help me? Because I need to understand why this is actually doing what I wanted it to do, but I don't understand why, which as I understand for most coders is a pretty common situation that happens. You just get it to work and you ship it out anyways. But the person who actually solved it was Dustin from Ubuntu Budgie who reached out and he saw the code and explained to me exactly how everything works. And it's just amazing to have thousands of people at your disposal, most of them devs and other things to help you with problems because you're a member of the Linux community and they love solving problems. And I was able to understand that code, be able to get the assignment completed. Uh, it's just brilliant. And I love it. So everything's been about Python. I'd like to tell you I'm getting better, but I don't know <laughs> if that's actually happening. But I am learning. So there's that. <clears throat> sure, sure. And and it is great to have people to help you because he told me about it yesterday. And he's like, how, how you do? like I don't, I don't write Python. Best of luck. <laughs> Yeah, normally, though, you'll jump in like Dustin is one of those people. I don't know. For those who haven't met Dustin from Ubuntu Budgie, he, he can help on everything. He's helped me with my servers. He's like universally brilliant, right? And it, it's just amazing that he has all these talents. But usually, actually, you do that, too. There will be some random thing where I don't even think you do it. And you'll be like, oh, here's your answer. I'm like, jerk. Why you got to be smart? <laughs> well, it happens sometimes. <laughs> sometimes. So, Noah, what's been happening with your world? It has been an exhausting but empowering weekend, Michael. I, I haven't, it's, you know how you go to a Linux conference and you come back feeling like completely drained of your energy, but at the same time, like your emotional spirit is just full because you're so happy. That's what I was able to take away from self. And there's an exciting video that I wasn't originally going to release. I was just kind of recording it so that I would have it. And um, after talking about it with a couple of people, we may end up shoving it out. But essentially what it does is it captures self behind self. Friday night, uh, we tested Zoom and, and had everything working. And, and the tests went a lot better than I thought. And at that point, I sat down on camera and I just said thank you to the community. I said thank you for what 
all of this cool technology that exists that empowered us to do this. This entire conference was run on Linux. We found out that there were legitimately times where open source software would have worked better than the proprietary software. And we didn't go that route. And partly because I didn't have enough faith that the open source alternative would hold up. It wasn't perfect. There were some problems. Probably was still the right call to go with Zoom for the conference, given the kind of issues that we had. But now we have something tangible that we can bring back to the community. And the way that happened was Friday or Saturday night after the, or excuse me, Friday night after the first day of the conference, I went home and started talking to my wife and said, I just need to play with a piece of technology. I just have to be able to experience self the way I experience it. And the thing that I've always liked about self is the fact that I get to meet people and hang out. I don't want to just sit on camera the whole time. I want to hang out with my friends. I want to learn stuff. I want to find somebody that's way smarter than me and have them impart on me the knowledge that I would never take the time to find on my own. And so I started looking at, well, we were originally going to use Matrix. Could Matrix fill that example? And I I pinged a couple of people about it, and most of them were pretty indifferent and going, well, you know, listen, I wouldn't waste your time. You got We have enough to do. There's enough to balance. And about two in the morning, I said, you know what? I have a booth every year itself, and it's become kind of the staple in the corner between where one hallway is and the other one. That's just Noah's booth, and he hangs out there. And that's and, where and we I've know done, where our I, lunch plans are. Is your booth? That's the, yeah. The lunch plans definitely. Oh, for Chinese, by the way, and I ate Chinese, and it was good Chinese. That is the sad. lunch plan. <laughs> when did the, you do the, it? The did you do it is, all weekend, like you said in the previous episode of DL? Yes, I did. I okay. did eat Chinese food all weekend. I had Chinese food Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Thank you very much. Wait, it was fantastic. To us. <laughs> So the pe- but people you've if you've been to self you've watched this unfold you've watched people kind of congregate around the booth and it's not and so and and we we hang out and we talk and then we learn from one another and that was missing from this year itself so Friday night when I got home I I spun up a virtual uh, uh, Jitsi conference inside of Matrix which is what we were originally going to use for the conference I called it Noah's booth. And I invited people and said, hey, come over to uh, matrix.linuxdelta.com and join Noah's booth and just hang out with us during the conference. Just hang out and have fun. And Saturday, it worked all day. We had people asking questions to speakers. I actually gave them a camera feed into the studio. So even when we were on break, even when we were hanging out, Matrix was hanging out with us. In fact, they're with us right now. They're hanging out. You guys want to say hello? Say hello. Hello. If you can hear us. Yeah, they can can hear hear us. Hi. So there's, there's, there's my Matrix friend. So I come in this morning after. So. Saturday, we go all the way through. It works. It works pretty well all, all the way through Saturday. We get to the end. I spent so much time talking with these guys after the stream concluded. We had this like late night tech discussion that went until like three in the morning. And we wrap that up and I go home for the night. I come back here at seven or eight in the morning to get everything kind of fired up the next day. Guess who's waiting for me in my studio? All the Matrix people are just hanging there and they they, they just showed up and they're just hanging inside of the studio. So I walked in, I went, this is great. It's like a 24-7 Linux hangout. It's just like Southeast Linux Fest. Right. And we even had somebody that had their microphone open and then they were having a side conversation. So we even had like the noise, like the hallway track sound effects. <laughs> of so- I mean, it was just, it was unbelievable. Now, because of that, I got an hour of sleep last night and like two hours the night before. So just my like brain's self, a little fried. like normal self. Just yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> just like self. So I'm, I'm a little fried. But I couldn't be happier with how this worked out. We managed to do the conference. We managed to deliver it. It was all done on Linux. We didn't have to compromise on our values. Success. I mean, I'm you happy. did a brilliant job. Honest, honestly, not just you. uh, because you're, of course, part of the show and a good friend, but I've been on a lot of these other virtual conferences people were trying to run. And this has to be one of the best ones I've attended. And I know how much work 
you personally, a lot of people did work on this, but you personally did so much work getting the technology and things running. But just the fact that this is why I love you so much that you sit there in the middle of the night when most people are like, oh, the day was successful time to get sleep. You're like, nope, wasn't good enough. How do I get this better? Oh, I'm going to do the matrix thing. That type of stuff. You, you can't teach that, right? That's just in your blood. It's in your DNA. And that's why self is so successful. For those who attended this year virtually, it was amazing. But Noah's right. Self in person is even better, except for when you go around, because the whole one of the culture things I'll tell you about self that's very important is when you want to know where to go to lunch, you head to Noah's booth. The problem is sometimes Noah <laughs> wants Chinese food and he takes you to the crappiest <laughs> Chinese place on the planet there. So I never pick it. <laughs> if you go to self I just next say I want year, Chinese. how do you just never around pick it? 11, 12 o'clock, head to the booth, see if he's going to Chinese. If he is, let him go by himself. We'll all go somewhere else. <laughs> if he's not, then we'll all go to a good restaurant. Or just find a better Chinese restaurant. There you go. We but you know, here's, here's the thing. It, it's, it really, it's a selfish thing, Ryan. And I, you'll understand where I'm coming from with this. I felt like I got robbed. I spent 30 days working on Matrix and Riot. And I was so excited because here is this open source piece of software. And let me tell you something about Riot and Matrix. And it's worth taking a moment to talk about this. This is some really next level, fantastic software. I mean, super fantastic software. I am going to try to live in Matrix as much as I can over the next few weeks. I'm that in love with it. And you can see how the developers were perfect code, perfect code, perfect code, perfect code, perfect code, out of time. There's like, there's, there are, there are some feature things that are lacking, but it's not that anything is poorly done. Every, there's no bugs per se. There are just things that haven't been implemented yet. Right. And you can see a very intentional start and stop point. And that makes, I, I personally think Matrix, Riot, and Synapse are going to be the future of decentralized private encrypted technology. And I'm, I was excited to play with it. So I spent 30 days doing that. And then we decide not to use it for the conference again, probably the right call. And it was my choice. But when, but then I felt like I got robbed. I was like, I was excited to play with this thing. I want to play with it. Darn it. We're going to play with it and it's going to break and I don't care. And so we created Noah's booth and I'm like, listen, this is the place where we go to play with technology and just hang out. And it's probably going to crash and burn and I don't care. And everybody was like, yeah, cool. We'll What's play with more that. self <laughs> than that, though? It's like right. you can sit in the hallway track itself and see somebody <laughs> coding, coding furiously yes. and everyone just starts gathering around like, what you working on? Yeah. Change that, put a call in there, move that. Like everyone just starts working on a project and you brought that experience to the virtual self. And that's amazing. I love it. Michael, I hope you have a story to top that. That's why I went first, because I know there was no topping that story. So good luck following that. Okay, so following up from Noah's fantastic example of putting something together and doing it well and then going above and beyond and having some extra fun to it. So let's go to me where I uh, made a mistake and massively just deleted things. So <laughs> uh, so first of all... Did you uh, learn, though? That's the question. Yes, did I did learn. learn. I learned from the experience. Okay. And that's that right, is a key right. point to the topic. So I did learn from the experience. Okay. So... Uh, so for those who are not aware, uh, frontpagelinux.com is a website that we have for the Destination Linux Network where anybody in the community can contrib contribute with articles and tutorials and uh, videos and all kinds of stuff can be submitted to it. And there is it's an awesome website. Definitely go check it out if you haven't seen it already. But uh, it's also uh, sometimes people send emails in to me and I may have deleted those emails. So accidentally, a this recently, I was messing around with my email. I was trying different email clients and stuff. And at one point I did a, the wrong key combination and deleted most of the emails in my account. So, Hey Michael, uh, the delete button and all the email clients that all does the same thing. It removes the email from your yeah. 
inbox. Yeah, yes, but, but those who are, who are savvy with most clients would also know that that goes to the trash. However, shift delete doesn't. <laughs> so that's what I put. Good so, job. Yes, exactly. So shift delete. That's the first thing I do. Anytime I experiment with new software, the first thing I do is push random key combinations, see what happens. Absolutely. When I get a new computer, I just format. <laughs> I mean, you guys, you guys yeah. just format me, the whole drive. Now I understand yeah. why you're giving me a hard time and it's, and it's, it's understandable that you would say, oh, you're using new, al- <laughs> that's not what happened. I did it in Thunderbird, which is the one I did it normally. I guess, anyway, so. <laughs> Uh, that's that's actually. So you're telling me that our our fans from around the world took the time to send us emails, slaved away. Yeah, and they they they're busy doing their jobs. They're busy raising families. They're busy working on tech themselves. They're like, hey, I'm gonna send them an email, and you just wipe them out. That's not at all what happened. And yes, yes, that's what happened. Well, <laughs> so I unfortunately have deleted some of the emails that people. So just this is more of a thing of it's a it's. I don't really want to have to admit that I did it, but if for those who did send message, some messages to front page Linux for articles and stuff like that, um, send them again, please. And also, you can feel free to post them on the DLN forum because the discourse forum has a section to submit to FPL uh, in the front page Linux section of the uh, the forum, so you can do it that way. And it's also a really nice way of doing it because you can just use Markdown and see what it will look like on the website through the forum. Yeah. Okay. Well, clean uh, good slate, job, Michael. Sort of Fans, please resend your emails. I'm sorry on behalf of Michael. We will lock him out. Uh, Noah will, and me will make sure that he is locked out of email from now on. Hey, can, um, could and, I restart my what were you up to this week and just not talk about that part? I think I no. think that's what we should do. Sure. Okay, so Front Page Linux is a great website and you should check it out. It's, it's- This episode of Destination Linux is sponsored by DigitalOcean. DigitalOcean is your one-stop shop to spin up Linux servers. Maybe you're watching the Southeast Linux Fest stream this weekend and thinking to yourself, I want to try what that speaker is showing, but when I put the commands into my computer, it doesn't do what that guy that guy's computer does. You know why? It's because your computer isn't running Linux, but you can get a Linux computer for free by going to do.co slash DLN. We're going to give you a hundred dollar credit and that'll last you for two months. You can spin up one of the beefiest droplets they have, and they're going to let you try that for free. We could fundamentally not have done Southeast Linux Fest without DigitalOcean because when we needed the matrix server, we spun it up on DigitalOcean. When we needed an RTMP server, we spun it up on DigitalOcean. Everything we need, the answer seems to be spin it up on DigitalOcean. The only thing DigitalOcean didn't do is deliver my Chinese food. You can get started on Digital ocean with their intuitive api and their dashboard it makes managing all of these servers super easy it also allows console access right into the server so when you need when you completely bork the server because you tried to do something and it didn't quite work that magical incantation that you didn't understand and you tried to enter it in well you can go into their intuitive dashboard you click on it you open up it drops you right into the terminal just as if you were sitting at that computer and because of that intuitive api it means people are writing all sorts of apps we have apps that can control the digital ocean droplets from irc uh irc chats from android anywhere and that can all be done so once again go to do.co slash dln and huge thanks to DigitalOcean for sponsoring this week of destination linux so now on to our community feedback where we have Nomad who writes us to say, I use Kubuntu as my daily driver. I just discovered a feature I didn't know about. I had opened one of those infernal web pages, which have an auto playing video while on battery power. I left the computer for an hour while I did the prep for some excellent red sauce, not weak sauce, no red sauce. And when I came back, the computer hadn't gone to screensaver, let alone went to the lock screen. I clicked on the battery icon in the taskbar to investigate, and there was a message there that said Firefox was blocking the power management setting because a video was playing in the browser. As much as I hate auto-playing videos, 
It did give me another reason why Plasma is the one DE to rule them all. Now, Firefox would just hard block the autoplay option along with uh, this site would like to send you notification. I hate that pop up. Oh, my gosh. I just want to punch my screen when I see it. The, The world would be well, he goes on to say. So interesting. I thought Firefox had put some features in to block videos from autoplaying. I've seen it in the works, meaning I've gone to pages and seen that the video wasn't autoplay, but there are other pages that seem to have gotten around this rule. At least that was my understanding is that they had attempted to block it. I think, and we're going to get to this as 519, as we talk about 519 later on in the episode, but the reality is... Hold on a second. Hold on a second. Your camera's frozen. Technical difficulty. Yeah, it's frozen. Frozen. Please. <laughs> <laughs> you just took me back to being in a server room and hearing the admin scream. Yeah, from the distance. <gasps> Why is it going down? It hates me. Why are the lights blinking that way? I think the one of the things that we're going to get to later on in the episode when we when we talk about Plasma 5.19 is Plasma never introduces a new feature without first polishing and perfecting the past uh, feature set. And it's one of the things that I particularly appreciate about Plasma. What you'll find is everything on Plasma gets better and better and better. And then all of a sudden, little new features pop up and the rest of the features that were there continue to iterate and continue to get better and smoother and more reliable. New features when they're introduced, a little bit rough to begin with, but then they too get added polish. And it, it's a very predictable, understandable workflow that never interrupts. You're always thankful for the new features, never saying, oh, well, now this broke. That never happens. And I think that's really where Plasma gets its its user base from. Once you experience that and you, you walk back to your computer and go, huh, something I would have never thought to put in there and some developer did and just saved my bacon. Thank you, KDE. Everyone should be more like KDE. <laughs> wow, that's like an ad spot for KDE. But just that good of a desktop. They, they sell it themselves. I'm just talking about it. Yeah, no, it's fair. I'm sure Michael won't argue with you there, but... No, I, mean, I will. It's, it's definitely the best. Because obviously I3WM is where it's at. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> hey. hey, guys, we love hearing from you. The reality is we can't make this show better and we don't want to do it alone. We want you to participate with us. So help us help you by sending your comments to comments at destinationlinux.org. Now, it doesn't have to just be an email. You can do that. We'd love to read it, but you can also send us a video clip. Make sure it's uh, short and concise, but send us a video. It can be a question. It can be an idea. It can be a presentation. It can be a uh, a, a thing that you found cool and, and, and upload that to YouTube or upload it to a file share service and send the link to comments at destinationlinux.org. And we promise we will kick Michael out of that box so he won't delete your comments. This week in the news, we're going to start off by talking about Plasma 5.19. It's the latest version of Plasma. And again, as you might expect, they have perfected some things. They're calling it polished Plasma and for good reason. It really takes some of the rough edges off on some of the new features that they've introduced. Um, One of the first things that you're going to notice is when you go to change the wallpaper, they're now giving credit to the person who developed that artwork. That's important and it's a valuable thing to the community because it it encourages people to say, hey, you've gone out and taken a fantastic photograph or or maybe you're a graphic artist and and you're drawing or composing or creating on your computer and you want something meaningful to do with that art. You can send it into Plasma. They can include it in the desktop and you'll get credit for that. And it's a way of thanking the community for the hard work. How many people think, I mean, how often have you ever thought about where all those pictures come from in the wallpaper? I hadn't until that feature came up. I think that's really cool. And I think it's, uh, again, polish, refinement. They also have a new 
uh, media playback applet. And again, one of the things that KDE is particularly good at is they take an idea, something that people want to do. I want to play media. I want to listen to music in the background. And then they incorporate that into your desktop environment so that it presents everything in a consistent level. Do Not Disturb is another function that I don't think it was 5.19. I think it was an earlier uh, Plasma release because it actually shipped with 2004. But it's a perfect example of how Plasma is taking something that we all have notifications. Every desktop has notifications. But whereas the GNOME approach will be like, well, we'll just take the system tray away and you can figure out how to notify users. We're just the show. We don't, uh, we're all modular. KDE goes, well, here's, here, here's the thing. People need notifications. So we're going to present them in the most consistent, reliable way possible. And we're also going to give you a button so you can go, leave me the heck alone. I'm trying to work. I'll get back to you later. And all your notifications go away. Absolutely brilliant. You're going to see uh, some changes on the system launch settings module within KRunner where the application launcher and the system settings um, that launch on the page that you asked for. That particular feature is something that people buy like, yeah, of course, that's what it should be. But there's a there's a thing that about that's about Plasma that's really awesome. And that is when you have a uh, when you use KRunner and open up a thing, you can actually pull in. You previously were just pulling in that one particular module. And because KDE Plasma is so modular and allows you to do so many things and move things around it, it it made it possible for people to put those modules and other things but they found that exactly for the whole polish thing people were using that to load up different modules but they also wanted to go from there to other system settings so this change actually makes it a lot easier and a lot cleaner to use the plasma system which is a fantastic thing of course well going back to what you it said is. earlier though noah i i disagree in the past that KDE was one plasma that would do releases of new features and then fix those. I feel like in my four years in Linux that it was mostly KDE dropping new features like crazy, but these last Mm -hmm. couple of years have been finally them really taking the time to polish the tools. And it has made a humongous difference in the experience for everyone who is utilizing KDE Plasma. For instance, I remember opening up menus and they would flicker. The icons weren't right. You had things like KRunner. They were really cool, but because of all the other issues that kind of distracted, and I would usually end up trying out KDE Plasma because Michael won't shut up about it, and then going right back to XFCE <laughs> where everything was kind of working. But lately when I play in KDE Plasma, it's just like a breath of fresh air because they've taken the time to focus on the paper cuts and the usability and you can see that in each release that they're doing. And in fact, in 5.20, that's not out yet. We're talking about 5.19. They're already working on an issue where if you open up an application in your dock down below, it's going to open up a little tile for each time, every instance of Firefox you have open. Now they're going to collapse that by default so that you've got one tile, you click on it, and then you can get to those different instances you have from within there. But it cleans it up. It makes it look smooth. It makes it look like somebody meant it to work that way. And that is what I think is really starting to take KDE Plasma to a whole nother level is the stopping, just putting and piling more features and settings Mm -hmm. and stuff in, but really putting stuff where it belongs. I'll ask you two questions, Ryan, and then if we can't agree on it, we'll just move on. But my first question is, was there any feature that you thought was buggy or leggy that was better in a different desktop environment? And I'll qualify that question by explaining that at the time that that, that Plasma was, was, when they redid Plasma, was it back four or five? 
Um, it was the same time that Gnome was being reborn, and that was shortly hot on the heels of Unity being reborn. So all of these desktops are like evolving into brand new, and they're kind of starting over and going, okay, how do we rebuild the desktop for the ground up? I don't know the, why that's the thing we did in the Linux community, but it's the thing we did in the Linux community. <laughs> was KDE any worse than that? That's my first question. Then my second question is, when you had these poor experiences, as, was that a time that you were using NVIDIA graphics? Because I also had Windows locking yes. up. I had Taskbar locking up. And when I switched to AMD, those problems weren't just diminished. They were gone. Absolutely true. Absolutely true. But especially back then, you got to remember at that point in time, AMD had not released the Ryzen lineup. They had not released their new GPUs. AMD was still kind of uh, a dead fish, if you will. It was starting to come out, but not quite. And yes, it was on in NVIDIA. Um graphics that I had back then where I was experiencing those issues. And I did not experience the same type of problems. To me, not being able to read your menu, for instance, is like, well, I can't use the operating system in things like XFC. So yes, I would say XFC was slightly better. It was more stable. And they tend to do a lot less of the chaotic release cycles, right? XFC is much slower, much more refined when it does that type of stuff. But I think that's one of the things that is beautiful about what we're seeing here with Plasma today is that you're still getting, you still have all these amazing features, the things that make it an advanced desktop experience, but they're polishing it up so that you still have that refinement. And I hope, like you said, we don't in the Linux community go through another period where we're like, let's rebuild it from scratch. And now it's going to suck right. for another six months. Have you because heard about six months? Four. You have new years. users coming in <laughs> and they're going to look at it and go, this is ridiculous. I'm going back to Windows. I'm going back to Mac OS. I'm going to use WSL or something along those lines. But Listen, I think from a competitive standpoint, there's nothing quite like KDE Plasma. And it's probably one of the biggest shining stars in the Linux desktop environment arena. Not that there's not other good ones. It's just, to me, the shining star. Yeah. A couple other things that I think as they round out this uh, 519 release that are really exciting. So the integration and, and further development of Flatpak support inside of Discover, that's really important because there are, we are, we, whether we like it or not, we decided that we were going to go with a universal application installer. So in true Linux fashion, we now have three universal application installers, <laughs> AppImage, Flatpak, and Snaps. And the thing is, KDE is, is while, it is, while it is available on all distributions, there is not an insignificant portion of people that are on Kubuntu. And obviously, the vast majority of software that is being pushed for Ubuntu bases is Snap packages. Now, there has been really great Snap package support in Kubuntu for, well, since since they started doing snaps, really. But there hasn't been a big push, at least that I've seen, to get a, a, a really robust, refined way to get flat packs in there. And there's legitimately some software that is only available as a flat pack and not available as snap, a snap pack. So until we can get together and figure this whole thing out and finally decide on one universal installer, for the time being, it's really important that we can support all three. So I was glad to see that there was some additional support. Absolutely. Good yeah, point. Yeah, totally. And also the uh, the three the three formats I agree I would be better if there was just one, but I I do want to like thank the people for doing it because three three formats is better than the previous 30. So, that's good. Well, um, you know what? You know we love all of the contributors to KDE Plasma and all of the developers that working on it. We love your faces, but you know whose faces we also love? Everyone at Pine64. Absolutely. Like, we love oh, their boy. faces. Like every time they do an announcement, you get a little chills, you get your wallet out and you just find a way to spend your money on whatever they're selling. Because number one, it's going to be a ridiculous value of which you're hard pressed to find anything out there like it. 
And number two, you just know that the quality that comes with it and the amount of support that comes from the community. So with that, PineTab is now available for pre-order. So get your wallets out right now. We're going to pass a cup around as donations for us. But also <laughs> once we're done with that, then you can also go out there and buy a Pine Tab. So this is a Linux tablet that comes with a detachable backlit keyboard. You know I have to have my backlit keyboard. This is like a number one thing. If you're a developer, you're somebody uh, like Noah and me and Michael, where everywhere you're at, you have a computer with you. And that could be a dark room. That could be a light room. It doesn't matter. We have a computer on us at all times. You have to have that backlit keyboard because it's obnoxious not to have it. So they thought about that even on this tablet. Cost $119. So that's a little better than the $999 or the $700 for these other tablets. This is $119 for this. And you know what? It it probably delivers on a $500 tablet because that's been my experience with with Pine products. They're literally, you get three times the value of what you pay for. Absolutely. It's insane. You get a 10-inch 720p IPS screen, quad-core A64 SOC, two gigabytes of DDR3 RAM, two megapixel front-facing camera, five megapixel rear camera, 64 gigabytes of the eMMC flash storage, SD card support, of course. And as you know, with all Pine products, the SD card is also a bootable SD card slot. So you can boot other operating systems onto it, USB 2.0, USB on the go, digital video output, micro USB, and a 6,000 milliamp battery. So you're going to have plenty of battery power to take along with you here. I just think this is an incredibly portable, awesome device that I hope when we go to self next year in person and we're all going over to Noah's table to make sure he's not going to a Chinese place and we're going to go hang out with him, that we all are carrying our pine tabs with us. That's the vision. I mean, it's definitely going to happen. Actually, I will probably be carrying my Pinebook Pro and the pine tab with me. Well, fine. I'm going to carry my Pinebook Pro, my pine tab, and my pine phone. I'm going to have all that plus my pine watch. So what's up? (laughs) Fair enough. Fair well, enough. now we have we'll have all the whole lineup there. Yeah. yeah, I I can't wait. So earlier in the intro for the show, you heard me say that everyone should use Ubuntu Studio, and we're going to tell you why. So in this section, here's why. So we're talking about Ubuntu Studio, not you know it's I'm not talking about Kubuntu or Mandraro or Arch or as wait Ryan Arch. Want me to, to Did you say, say Arch? No, I said or Arch as you. Oh. Might now you got him wound right. up again. Oh. Well, okay, For just to make sure that Ryan is aware, we're not talking about Mac either, just based oh, on your videos. Oh, we're going the, there, are yeah. we? Oh. Just, I mean, I'm not making YouTube videos of Mac stuff, so I'm, anyway. I'm exploring uh, so. the ecosystem, <laughs> hello. Fair, fair enough. I mean, you haven't used it before, you should at least try it so you can have like references to why it's terrible. But right. Noah talks about it all the time, so I'm just trying to have some talking points with I him. just talk about it because those are the computers you give me. I can't afford any of my own. That's what you ship me. That's what I use. <laughs> so, so anyway, so we're talking about Ubuntu Studio, and the reasons is because there, there, basically there's a lots of reasons, and Ubuntu Studio is doing a bunch of interesting things, including having the ability to use Jack as an audio, the audio server, really easy so you have like low latency capable audio and you have like MIDI servers and stuff like that through Jack as well as you have the other a- applications like uh, Carla, Carla to make it easier to manipulate Jack. You have uh, Ardor for audio editing and so many really cool things and Ubuntu Studio is a really interesting distribution. They're doing so many mo- more things that make it just, I'm so excited about Ubuntu Studio. Like for example if you want to use uh, Kubuntu or Ubuntu Budgie or Ubuntu 
mate or anything else, any of the Ubuntu flavors, and you want to have Ubuntu Studio's ability to use all of the Jack stuff and the low latency kernel and all that, you can thanks to their new Ubuntu Studio installer. So you can actually install all the Ubuntu Studio greatness inside of other distributions or other flavors of Ubuntu that you're currently using. So you don't have to wait for the next version of 2010 that has the Plasma desktop, by the way, because that's an awesome change. I mean, XFC is nice. Well, let's stop there for a second. They're moving from XFC, just to be clear, to KDE Plasma. Yes, absolutely. They're switching from XFCE, which is still good, to Plasma, which is awesome. And that is a fantastic thing that they're doing. But you don't even have to wait for them to do that because if you still want to use Plasma and you want to use the Ubuntu Studio tools, you can just use Kubuntu and pull in the features thanks to the Ubuntu Studio installer. And that is something that I think is just so fantastic that they put that much effort into. Uh, But we'll talk about more about the installer later. But let's just talk about the features of why Ubuntu Studio stuff is really cool. So we have the low latency kernel, which is a really good thing to have if you have a lot of peripherals like audio interfaces and that kind of stuff because it removes any delay giving them priority, which is a fantastic thing for people who know more about audio hardware than I do. Noah? Is giving your audio equipment priority important? Is low latency important in audio? It doesn't sound like it. Who cares about latency? Yes. Oh, okay, good. Good call. Right, we've good cleared call. that Thanks. up. Excellent. <laughs> no, How but I clear that up. I'm, I'm really excited about Ubuntu Studio, and here's why. Number one, it was one of the first distros after installing base Ubuntu that I went to in my Linux journey. And the reason was when I was reading about all the different flavors, because remember, I didn't have all these cool friends that I have now. So I was doing it on my own. And I was like, huh, this one's made for creators. And I'm doing YouTube content and I'm doing audio content. And it's got all these packages. And I don't know what packages to install in Linux because I don't have anybody to ask. I didn't even know the websites to go to. And it had them all pre-installed there for me. So I went to Ubuntu Studio and I was blown away because there was a bajillion, especially back then, different packages for everything you could imagine from video editing, from photography, for publishing, for all of the stuff. They have all of it. So it's not just for audio people. But the number one complaint I still get to this day, number one thing is people talking about audio problems. And I'm like usually right there with them. Like, yeah, I know you plug in the USB interface and then you open two apps and you get this echo or things don't work right or something is happening with audio. And the answer everyone gives you in Linux is, you should be using Jack. The problem is, if you've ever tried to install Jack, talk about magical incantations. It's very <laughs> confusing unless you're an audio engineer. Now, an audio engineer probably looks at it and goes, it can make complete sense. You click this little line and you connect it to this audio output and everything works. Not to me, not to me at all. So this is what Ubuntu Studio has done that I think makes it amazing is they've simplified it into simple packages and a member of our community, Maro, has written a fantastic article out there on Front Page Linux, step-by-step, to show you how to get running on Jack, because it's a huge complaint. A lot of people coming to Linux want to do audio production work. This will help you get started with Jack. You can use that Front Page Linux article, but also installing Ubuntu Studio. I think it has one of the biggest cases out there for being one of the best distros in the Ubuntu suite, based on the tools and everything that they're installing for you. That's the case I'm presenting before you. You're going to use Ubuntu. Why not Ubuntu Studio? Yeah, I mean, I think that there's a lot of benefits to it. And I also think that they're what they're doing with all the different updates and they're they're trying a bunch of new stuff that... Isn't there some so other much. stuff that we, we've heard about, Michael, about that may extend outside of Ubuntu? Or are we not allowed to talk about that yet? 
We totally can talk about that, actually. So a bunch of studios. This is going to get Noah hyped right here. Noah yeah. is going to geek squeal. If you've never heard Noah geek squeal, prepare <laughs> yourselves. It's amazing. So what they're doing is they're they're not talking about just making it where their tools are available for Ubuntu and Ubuntu flavors, but also they wanted to make it available to more distributions and stuff. So they're they're in that process right now. So the Ubuntu Studio Controls is has been renamed Studio Controls because it is now available in Fedora Jam. So the spin the audio video spin of Fedora has these features now. And potentially more look, options. Look, he's going to squeal. There he is. Oh, there he is. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I knew it. That's amazing. That's so great because the thing is it never made sense to have it just a distro. It should be able to exist everywhere. The greatest thing about Ubuntu Studio was that they, they took all of these tools that you needed to make professional audio, video, all this stuff available. And then they packaged it up and had it available as a distro. The problem is what if you don't want to use that distro and what if you don't want that set of tools? You need to be able to use it on whatever other computer, whatever other distro, whatever desktop environment you want to use. And now they're doing that. Fantastic job, Ubuntu Studio. Seriously, you got a geek yep. squeal. You got you a geek squeal. That was the greatest squeal ever, by the way. I was wondering what you were going to pull off there because I completely made it up. But well, <laughs> well done. Well done. Yay like, for on-camera dynamics and signaling. Right. Yes. It's like, you, you ever heard of the geek, the geek squeal? Like, I haven't either. So let's see what happens. <laughs> None <laughs> of us have. We're about to experience We're going to figure it out. But I, I but knew no, that. It is, it, 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 in all seriousness, though, it is, this is where, this is, you notice something, right? When, uh, when somebody does something in the community and it is praised and valuable, they do more of it. When the community offers critique, that to me is the acid test because one of two things are going to happen. Either the person is going to take that criticism, however negative it may come in, and they're going to say to themselves, self, I am a worthless person and I hate this and the internet hates me and they said bad things and they use mean words and so I'm just done. I quit. And then that's the end. That's what 99% of us do. Apparently, Eric Eichmeier and Michael Tanelli are the only two people on the internet that read that stuff or take that stuff and go, huh. That guy's a real jerk, but man, he's onto something. And then they go back and retool it and go, okay, this is what you want, community. Let me deliver. I think that's a fantastic Re point. And, and, and just to add to that, you know, when you think about this stuff, it, giving away your secret sauce, what's the secret sauce to Ubuntu Studio? The easy jack implementation that everybody needs, but nobody want, has used Ubuntu Studio or hasn't heard about it. So that's why and, we're and making it known packages. here. But yeah, you know, giving that away to everyone, even outside of Ubuntu, is the open source way, right? This is what we're all preaching. Like we go in, we help each other, we build the right packages, we integrate together. This is what would make Linux and take it to the whole new levels doing stuff like this. We have somebody in the community who's doing that instead of just being like, well, sorry, you got to come to Ubuntu Studio if you want easy to, to use Jack. He's giving it away, giving away the secret sauce because they're hoping other people are going to give them stuff that they're using. And obviously they are today basing, you know, basing their uh, distro off of. So it, to me, it's just, I hope more people do this kind of thing. And you're right. The criticism actually listening to it and some people can, and some people can't, I can't, but Michael can, he can listen to criticism, find the point that they're really trying to make in their angry email that they wrote in their basement with their Cheeto fingers. And Michael can figure <laughs> out how to, Take that that mean, angry email and figure out, well, what can we do differently to appease that person? And that is obviously a very important skill, especially if you're running a distro in a distro that's a popular as being an Ubuntu flavor. And they've nailed it here. So I want everyone to go out there and check out Ubuntu Studio. I want you to download it. I want you to play with it. I want you to give the feedback because they're doing something awesome here. And if you're a KDE Plasma fan, which you probably are if you're listening to this show, then... 
you should check it out for sure now because it's going to be on KDE Plasma. And also what's really cool about it is that I talked to Eric about the Ubuntu Studios Plasma Edition, and he said that you can go ahead and test the Plasma version in the daily ISOs. Now, keep in mind, it is beta, obviously, but the fact that they've already got the Plasma switch to the new DE with with that still have like four months left to get to the release, so they have that much time to polish it, like that is... Very impressive, and I'm so. If you're interested in trying trying out the new Plasma Edition, it is currently available through the beta or the daily ISOs, is what they call it. So it is beta, but daily ISOs. So this week in our gaming section, we're going to talk about a pretty awesome game here. But before we do, Michael, we need to tell people what happened this week because it's very important. There was a particular game we talked about mm. on last week's episode called Shell Shock, yep. in which you take tanks and you get all kinds of amazing weapons. And you blow each other up. And Michael and I decided on a whim two days ago, and this is all on, on YouTube, check out on the videos of to play this game. And I just want to put out there for the record that we both streamed. There were DOS Geek fans there. Mm -hmm. There were Tux Digital fans on his stream. And it became a battle of who has the greatest community. And I would like to you know, for those who back DOS Geek, that I won naturally, of course, and destroyed Michael. Michael, would you like to tell him what? what weapon I destroyed you with? I, I don't remember as as unfortunately I, I can't recall. But what is it's, Ryan probably it, does? Yeah, it's called flowers. I destroyed oh. him with a missile yeah. called flowers, and I think you, I think so. We played three rounds. <laughs> I I destroyed Ryan in one of those rounds. Ryan got lucky on in wasn't one on round. Video. No, Ryan got lucky in one of those rounds, and then another round he hacked and cheated the game. So that's that's where the flower thing came out because he it's not he's it wasn't legal to use flower power in that particular situation. So uh, the referee wasn't like there, and unfortunately yeah. that that creates this this problem where we don't really know who won. It, it's it's up. Oh, in we the know. Air. No, there's video out there. It's up know. in the air right now, and uh, I'm gonna take no, his not. video you down. Made that up, and. <laughs> Anyway, I'm going to take his video down, but it was a lot of fun. And we are going to do some more gaming sessions with Shellshock. So if you haven't picked that one up yet, I suggest you do. We can have up to eight players, I think. So yeah, we I did so. this on a whim, like I said, and a lot of people were in the chat were like, let us in, let us in. We want to destroy you. But um, if we let you in, then you would have destroyed us and it would have been embarrassing. So we're like, nah, not this time, but maybe next time. Yeah. There was also a great part about it because especially what about, you know, we would be probably be destroyed for sure. Because when it, I started the game, I was like, okay, oh, tutorial. That's cool. And he's like, no, 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 let, let, don't, don't play. Tutorial. Let's just, let's just go into thing. And then after we started playing on the stream, he's like, yeah, you probably should use the tutorial because that's what I did. I was like, oh, okay, great. Thanks. That's not cheating. It's called being smart. No, wouldn't you agree? I completely agree with sure, you. Okay, sure. Okay, absolutely. Sure. So sure. the next game we're going to talk about this week, our friends at Gaming on Linux called, and I quote, it's completely absurd, and I love it. <laughs> and that game is called Burning Night. So the goal of Burning Night here is that you steal everything you can, and you flee from the Burning Night castle in an action-packed roguelike adventure. Game features tight. Well, I can't repeat that word. Tons of items, characters to meet, and tons of secrets in there. They have over 20 positive reviews. It's a fairly new game. And you won't need Proton. You won't need Wine. You won't need Magical Incantations to run this because it works on Linux. Now, it's not the most graphical game out there. But who needs beautiful graphics when you have great gameplay? Endless adventures with procedurally generated dungeons. Unlock and explore 300 plus unique items along the way. Unlockable hats, original soundtrack, challenges to discover, unlockable NPCs, all of this great stuff in Burning Nights. And it's not a very expensive game either. $14.99, little more 
If you have to choose between the two games, get Shellshock first. But if you want another game, you're into dungeon crawlers and that type of thing, check out Burning Night out there because we appreciate any publisher that puts Linux out there right natively and first. And we mm-hmm. don't have to beg and plead and figure out if Proton works and all that stuff, which I'm glad Proton and all that exists, but it's nice to have native ports of games. So check yeah. that one out. Absolutely. I'm going to wait to see if I actually have time to follow through with this, but the, the idea I have kicking around in my head is this. This is the kind of game that I hear you guys describe it, and I think I would have no interest in playing that whatsoever, right? Because it just right. complicated games or storylines don't really appeal to me. I want to get in, and I want to hit something, or I want to shoot something, or I want to race something, and then I want to be done. And um, one of the things that occurs to me is if we want games to become predominant on Linux and we want that availability on Linux, then we have to support these software manufacturers with our money. And so I think as I go forward, I'm going to try and find some time I can carve out in the week to try games, even if I don't like the game or even if I wouldn't have an organic interest in playing it, just to support the developer and just to support the community to say, hey, even though your product may not be for me specifically, I appreciate what you're doing for a platform I care deeply about. Yeah, I, I love that idea. And, you know, yeah. there are games out there, like when we talk about Shellshock, I think you would have a blast. One of the best moments we had, we did a gaming stream um, months ago for Destination Linux with the whole community, and Noah came to the first part and played golf with friends. Watching Noah be like a kid the first time playing a video game <laughs> was the greatest experience ever. Actually, we did hear Noah squeal back then. Yeah, when he finally true. got like a hole-in-one shot. He squealed on yeah. that. He was so excited. So, you know, these games, I, I was winning. Of, yeah, people <laughs> will say sometimes I don't play games. I'm not a gamer and stuff. And I really would tell them you've not found the right game out there for you. But if you know you like action pack shooting and stuff, and let me give you paint this picture. Oh. You got a tank. You have tons of weapons. You get to destroy yeah. Michael. What's not to love? Wow. I'll no scope you 1v1. Let's go. All right. <laughs> see, there you go. Shell shock. Up next in the show is the tips and the software pick section. So we're going to talk about the software spotlight in this one. And we have a really, really interesting software spotlight this week. We have Audio Mass. It's an open source audio editor that has effects and all kinds of stuff. And the kicker here is that it runs in your web browser. So you don't even have to install it. You just You just load the application on the no, website. It's so awesome. And it also runs locally, so you can even disconnect your internet and it will still continue to work because it is a lo- once it's loaded, it is a local RAN piece of software. And it has the ability to like zoom Time in. Time out. Hold yeah. on. Backup. Okay. Can this run in? Can you run it remotely? Like, can I edit audio in my browser? Yes. Yes. Like yes. remotely? I, I you edited can, oh, Hardware Addicts this my, week coming up in my browser. And it's right, powerful. Panic. That is amazing. It has, listen, Michael, tell me about the features. It's got the pro tell features, me about the features. In here you need to. Tell us okay. about the features, Michael. Hurry up. So, <laughs> I'm, I'm getting to here. it. I'm getting to it. We're okay. Waiting. So it's got the right. basic stuff that you expect, like navigating waveforms and zooms and pans, cut, pasting, trimming, mm-hmm. all that good stuff. But it also has really things that you wouldn't expect for something like this to have. Like it has compressors. It has distortion effects, reverb, pitch shift, wow. limiter. It's got normalization. It even has like the, the ability to silence. automatically remove silence through that the, is so like, through an effect. So this is this a this a full on DAW. Yeah, I, it's I, don't know. I don't know. I would say it's on. It's it's very similar to a. It's like a web version of Audacity. Like it is 
very, very cool. And it even has wow. like it has like there's there's some web apps that I've tried that have these really cool features that you then try to use mm. the shortcuts that you would expect it to have and it not work. So right. instead of having a conflict between the browser shortcuts and the app shortcuts, they decided to, to change all the things you expect from control to shift. So instead if you it has uh-huh. a, a history section. So if you want to do undo redo, it's just shift Z or shift Y for those, and it makes sure. it a lot easier. So once you get used to that thing, it just it's just super smooth. Yeah, and but, uh, I tr- editing I tr- audio on the go, Noah. This this is huge. Like you know, it, you could you could literally edit audio on that Pine tab very easily, very quickly without having to find some application to install that works on ARM or anything else. You do it right through your browser. Yeah, and my mind is racing with the possibilities of this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And the crazy part is that it only uses like sixty-five kilobytes of JavaScript, so it's not even a, a heavy thing. You, there's websites you go to that you just download one image, and it takes up more space than this does. Like this is wow. very impressive what it could do. So well, if, there's an image editor you found, Michael, that we don't talk about because it's open source called Photopea. Anyway. This kind of reminds me of that because it's all done in the web browser as well because you Photoshop like. Yes. Capabilities. So I we should the next week we'll, we'll be we're going to do a spotlight for Photopea because it's awesome and I'll give you the more detail breakdown so we aren't going to spend the thirty minutes that I would normally do so we'll cover that. He's next not going to say the name again either, so I that just, you'll have to wait till next week and come back. Yes, you don't know exactly. I will not say it. it again. That's yes. Right. Next week he didn't say if the first. You try one, to find it before next week. It's Photo Tree. <laughs> yes, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, right, exactly. T R E E. Got yeah. E, so e. it is really cool because they're very. It's very similar Bodies. in the sense that you can do a web based, a web app style, and it and you it. It's actually kind of crazy how well this works and how well they both work really, but how well this works in a web browser, and it just shows just how powerful web browsers have become. And I can't wait to see if, like you know maybe there's gonna be a video editor at some point. Like who knows at this you know at this point there's all kinds of stuff. So if you haven't checked it out yet after the, watching this episode, you need to go do that. Because Audio Mass is a really, really cool piece of software. Agreed. I think I, I think I can top your web-based browser. It's gonna be hard to do web-based edi- audio editor, but I think I can do it. Okay. Do you have you have you seen the movie The Net? Sandra Bullock. Oh so yeah. The, the, yeah. The bi- yeah. It's a great movie. The premise of the movie is that that there, there's a large uh, security company that makes security mm-hmm. software, and their security software has a backdoor, and the backdoor is used to control the world, basically. It's really fascinating, <gasps> and a really fascinating look at like what the 90s thought technology... Yeah, it basically <laughs> is Google back. What we, we just didn't call it that back then. But, uh, but no, there's this scene in the movie where she walks up to this terminal, and she needs to figure out what the guy did on the computer. And so she types this command, and it spits out all of the things that the guy worked on. And I remember thinking in my 11 year old head that's so cool that you can go back and look at what someone did on a computer i wish i could do that turns out you can do that command is called echo and it's more powerful than you'd ever imagine you can just start by ty- you can just uh start by typing echo and then uh star to get a list of all of the files and directories in the current directory you can also type echo uh, capital a uh, start to get a list of the files and directories in the current directory whose name starts with A, so you can use that wildcard. In fact, I would imagine that regex uh, works flawlessly throughout this. Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure it does. This, this, the the asterisk is the regex kind of style. I don't know how far mm-hmm. that how how far that it goes into all the different le- levels of regex, but it does have a lot of like fundamental pieces. This blew me away so much. I just spit my coffee out all over myself, which uh, Mike will have to edit out and post here. Uh, yeah, incredible. I will totally edit that. 
But it, but essentially, though, what the command allows you to do is go into your computer and and have it spit and give you output back out of the computer based on on dynamic information. And that can be a really powerful thing, not only in scripts, because you could have it spit out, for example, the time of day that something completed or the time of or the, the date it's, the, of something completed. I often will use the echo commands in my script to tell me, hey, this script has fit, finished running and here is the output of, of what that script did. And so it's a phenomenally powerful tool. And so if you're not using it, you definitely have to check it out. If you'd like more info, we're not going to tell you about it. Grep a man page. I like it <laughs> like a ball, like a boss. So a big thank you to each and every one of you for supporting us by watching or listening to destination Linux and a special thanks to self for featuring us to help close out this awesome event this week. If you want more destination Linux, become a patron like all these beautiful people here with us now and get a bunch of perks like unedited versions of the show. We get to troll Michael. You get to watch it live. It's incredible. There's so much trolling that you miss if you don't get to see behind the scenes pass. I mean, that is true, but that's not the that's not the benefit of being on the behind it's the scenes. It's really thing. the sole benefit. Oh, okay. Well, I, I guess yeah. that's the benefit of becoming a patron of Destination Linux. <laughs> There's other things that you can do to to actually get other benefits, and that is you can represent the your love of DL and open source by picking up some Destination Linux swag. We have T-shirts, hoodies, mugs, and one day even stickers coming 2023. Oh, I wrote that 2023 because I figured oh. that'd give you enough lead time since everyone's asking us for stickers, Michael. It has only been six months. I mean, come on, give me a break. <laughs> I'm working on it. It's Maybe coming. you could use photo pee tree for it's, it. Did tree you just say it's only tree? Yeah, it's, <sighs> it's only been six months. Yeah, yeah that's what he said. Yeah, Would you imagine if he worked for you, Noah, and he's like, "I was working on the project, Noah. It's only been six months. What's your problem, boss?" I'm, we would have got to six days, and then that would have been the end of that problem. <laughs> just saying. All right, you're gonna give me six days to finish it. Cool. <laughs> Hey, you know what? We want you to become a part of the Destination Linux family. It's not a community. It's a family. We want you to be part of our family. You can do that by going to destinationlinux.network. Now, the truth is, as long as it takes Michael to get anything done, when he gets something done, it's amazing. So you'll notice we're on pretty much every platform known to man. We're on Discord. We're on, we have forms. We have a mumble server. We, if you can think of a way to interact with us, chances are we've already thought about it. We put it out on Michael a couple of years ago, and so he finally got around to doing it. And it's available to you. <laughs> you can find all those resources at destinationlinux.network. We hope to see you there. Yes. And if you want more content from us, you can go to Destination Linux Network because we have all of our channels and everything is linked there. And also you can check out all the other podcast and goodness that is available for like all kinds of open source goodness that you can just nom nom on. The truth is we give Michael a hard time, but he does probably more for the, the, the Destination Linux Network than Ryan and I combined because he's always working hard to bring you the next thing. And Not you know probably. what? Listen, guys, we have a what? Not probably. I'm giving you a compliment. Be quiet. <laughs> Here's the thing. The truth is we have uh, we have a new product that has out and it is taking off like gangbusters. We did not expect it to do as well as it's doing. And it's it has it has easily uh, 10 times any expectations any of us ever had. And it is front page Linux. You have to check this out. The truth is I like doing podcasts. I think that podcasting or talk radio is a really efficient way to communicate feeling and emotion and, and a way to connect it with an audience like no other. But not everybody likes consuming content that way. And Michael, what he's doing is going through and taking the best parts that you hear on Destination Linux, the best parts that you hear on Ask Noah, the best parts you hear on This Week in Linux, and the best parts that you hear on Dos Geek's YouTube channel. And it combines them all in at one place that you can read. So that means that instead of just listening to Destination Linux at work and your boss comes and takes the earbuds out, 
just open up a second tab, alt tab that baby. <laughs> That's what you do. And then go to frontpagelinux.com. You can read all of this stuff. Now, it's not just us. You might say, I don't want to hear what those three guys have to say. Don't worry. We have Jason Evangelo. We have community members that have stepped up and said, hey, we're going to write tutorials, reviews, articles, and it's all available to you completely for free. Frontpagelinux.com. Please check it out. And uh, well, I, I couldn't have said it better myself. Everybody have a great week. And remember that the journey itself is just as important as the destination. Is it the journey to self? No. It's the journey to destination Linux. It's the journey to destination Linux. No, no, hold on a second. The journey to Linux and then the destination is Linux. So the journey to it is just as important. But but since we're the completion of self, wasn't it the journey to self was just as important now, I guess? Well, it's the final destination. Yes, that. That's not a movie or anything. We could totally use that as a tagline. We're your final destination. Absolutely, that shouldn't get us sued. By the way, patrons, you could turn on your mic. Hey, you could turn on your camera. Why are we you sitting here by ourselves? Faces. Why doesn't anybody yeah. like us? Come on. Hello. So Hello. No. Hey, can I bring the, hey, I bring the Matrix now. room in? Yeah, you could bring the Matrix okay? room in. But Matrix. remember.